there's a chance we might go to the Titans Commanders game. Nice. I'm not sure. What? Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to that trashy. <laughs> it's Tennessee Titans talk, and I don't care how bad it looked in the second half. We beat the Colts in Indianapolis. I personally would like to see a more of a defining win and more Titans characteristics that we've come to know and love. But you're right. It's Indy in their building, which you and Landon have, have talked about how tough it actually is to be in that building. I might vomit if I ever go there, but it, it is a W. Yeah, I almost texted you guys at some point before the game. I don't care how ugly it is. I hate the Colts so much. I will take <laughs> any win we can get. And it wasn't quite the ugliest possible game, but it got pretty close. But sure we're 1-0 against the Colts, 1-0 in the division. They're plummeting. They have to play Thursday night football tomorrow without Jonathan Taylor, which sucks for him, but it's good for us. The Colts season is already over, Rip Bozo. So, and we're just trending up. We, we get to start back over in a way. We know that we don't have to go 14-3 and three to, to win this division. We have Reed with us. Join us, a big-time Titans fan, and I think the first Malik Willis believer and truther <laughs> reed thanks for joining us tonight happy to be here very excited reed you have an interesting kind of angle on this week we're going to talk very briefly about the colts but we're very relieved in one way that we get that win and also we didn't nothing gets resolved about our play calling or our, our inability to really score in the second half but before we do that we're playing the washington football team i know they're the commandos or commanders or whatever but i still thought the washington football team was just perfect so uh, the former washington football team you grew up in that area before we start i'd like to get your take whenever we have guests on the show how did you become a Titans fan if you're not from here? Tell us a little bit about your background. Were, growing up, were you a Washington football team fan? And how much does it hurt a person from that region to know that that team went from a really proud franchise to a really, they've died a slow death in cultural relevance and football relevance. They're in the worst stadium in football now that no one's playing at the Coliseum in Oakland. Just kind of give us your whole thoughts about that franchise. <laughs> the one that stands out is, is anybody uh, a Washington Commander fan anymore? Yeah, it's it's been a tough couple of years. I grew up outside of D.C. My family moved there in 2003, and I left in 2018. And 2018 was, was a bad, bad time for the artist formerly known as the Redskins. I, I don't think it could have been easier to be a Titans fan. I moved, got married, and married into Titans season tickets, and the rest is history. We've uh, <laughs> It's been a blast. So sometimes the reason you, a person is a Titans <laughs> fan isn't complicated. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. And uh, hey, I mean, we've been competitive. We've been fun to watch. We've made the playoffs. It's been exponentially better than anything uh, in D.C. John, being a Titans fan since 2018 and having that short memory, that, that doesn't sound bad at all. No, it sounds great. I was just about to say, that's right when we were hitting our stride with Marcus. We were making playoff runs and, you know, things were, it, it was an awesome time to be a Titans fan. You didn't have to trudge through the two and 14 years or sit through those games and just like watch Marcus get sacked, what, 11 times by the Ravens oh, uh, in that rain game where we introduced our lives to scooters. and you Yeah, know. <laughs> that's where we left at halftime. I think that's the only game we yeah. left early. And John's only like, one, I'm not watching only one this. I'm out of here. That game and the Buffalo game this year were the only ones I've ever left or turned off early. So let's transition really quickly to this Colts game. Give kind of that victory lap. I want to hear from each of you, but we'll start with you, Landon. It's incredibly strange how this team can be so good yet so bad. There's been a bunch of graphics posted. If you're a Tynes fan that's this big into the team and is listening to us, you've probably seen them where it's scripted, EPA per play versus non-scripted, first half versus second half, just everything we know. We're really good out the gate and we're really good on scripted plays. 
and we're the worst team in the NFL otherwise. And it's such a strange thing to wrap your head around because how can you be like legions ahead of everyone else and be so good to start? And then by the end of the game, you look like you're a high school team putting on pads for the first time. It's so strange. It's just not sustainable to win that way because like we saw on Sunday, we scored 24 points, which isn't that much in the NFL against a Colts team that is not good offensively. And we had to hang on for dear life at the end. We're not going to beat a good team that way. No way. No, but it is encouraging because you can see the flashes. Like, you don't score 24 points in the first half. Should have been 27 if Tannehill has better game management awareness at the end when he he should have thrown it away instead of taking that sack. You don't score 24 points on accident. And especially in the way we were doing it, where it was just consistently moving up and down the field, running, passing. And in the second half, we just forgot how to play football. And that just really points to play calling and a lack of adjustments because you can't be so good, consistently so good to start and be so bad to finish. Which hopefully is encouraging because over the past few seasons, we've always seen we start out slow, we find our groove, we kind of end hot on both sides of the ball. Hopefully we can just consistently be good instead of just having these oscillations where you want to tune in for the first half and you just want to turn it off the second half. It's a bad way to be predictable. Reed, what stands out for you from that win Sunday? I think the first thing is is obviously Henry getting him over the 100-yard mark. It's a big deal. What is it, 20-plus snaps, 25-plus snaps? Uh, we're just a better team when he has the ball more. I think that's huge. It looked like he was running downhill. My favorite run of his this weekend was the touchdown that got called back. He's just got guys draped all over him, and he's, he's yeah. making it look easy. That was great to see. Hey, it got called back. It was angry Henry. Yeah, he looked noticeably more explosive in the past few games, and the offensive line was doing a better job of run blocking because there were a bunch of plays where it was outside stuff and he had a gap and he sliced through that we just hadn't seen the first three weeks. And the Colts coming into that week were a really good rush defense, and Henry just did his thing. Big fella, what stood out to you Sunday? One thing about Henry and why he might have looked a little pissed off is I think this is the first time in a while he's kind of had something to prove. You know, last year in Indianapolis was when he actually broke his foot. Sometimes when you have an injury at places, there's a mental aspect that you have to get over when you play at that same stadium again. I know I've gotten hurt at certain, you know, teams in high school and college and playing there again. It's just like, oh, I remember what happened last time. And it's always in the back of your head. So whatever Derek needed to get him motivated to run and to run harder than he has before and to show it, like, I'm happy you found it. But the thing that stood out for me the most was a, an area where I thought it was going to be a complete liability. With Zach Cunningham out, we had a mix of linebackers between Dylan Cole and, John you know, Jones we know David, Joe Schobert, Joe Schobert, David Long Jr. I mean, they all looked like incredibly veteran linebackers, especially Dylan Cole. I mean, he was all over the place, and he was playing the run harder than anybody. Yeah, he played well. So I was really impressed by that, and it was something I didn't, I wasn't expecting us to see. And you know, the other thing that I was expecting to see, and unfortunately, it didn't happen, was the Colts continuously have our number with tight ends. It doesn't matter if it's who is what's his face, Jack the, Doyle. Jack Doyle. But this this year or this week, last week, it was Mo Alley Cox. I mean, the dude had it probably the game of his life. So we got to figure that out. And I, I haven't looked at the tape enough to know if it were just blown coverages or if it was the inexperience of Schobert and Dylan Cole missing it. That's just something we got to get cleaned up. The Washington football team does have talent. They're poorly run and everything else. Um, uh, Ron Rivera, I think, is a gutsy coach. Um, I 
think people are just going to assume we're going to win this game. But you got to go on the road in the NFL. Even when you go on the road to a dumpster fire, anything can happen. Vegas has us as a two and a half point favorite. We're favored on the road. That's something. As a Titans fan, I would like us to be bigger favorites, but we haven't done a whole lot to earn that. So it's it's pretty fair and on point. And one thing that we've come to know with the Washington football team, the commanders, the, however you refer to them, playing at that field, you know, that, that field has taken many a player's and put them on IR and has injured them because the field is always in terrible condition and it's just a weird place to play. I've never been there. Would love to go there someday, but it's just a a strange, strange place to play. And I, I don't know exactly the weather, what's expected, but I think right now they have fallout from the hurricane and it's like a a constant rain. So it's probably going to be ugly and it's probably going to be a wet, soggy field, which is a weird place. But yeah, I mean, if you talk about just players and personnel, they've sunk a lot of resources into that defensive line. Some of those guys we're not going to see this weekend, like Chase Young. But I mean, you just look at the people they've had added to it, like Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, a litany of players that are legit players we've seen some of their skilled players and what they can do Uh, i know you're really big on antonio gibson out of memphis yeah they've they've got a lot of great receivers with scary terry they've got curtis samuel they've got a new uh, a rookie john dotson from penn state which i thought he was really good now i'm not sure if we'll see him but we'll talk about that later but they definitely have some pieces so, Lan, last week you convinced us that the number they had, I think it was 43 for uh, the Colts-Titans game, was indeed low. You were right. Vegas was right. I think they baited people to take the over. This week, again, 42 and a half. And, of course, we'll say again, we don't gamble. We don't encourage people to gamble. But we do use the research uh, that they produce in Vegas. And I always want to hear what John and Land kind of think about that. Um, like last week, Landon had really good analysis on that. How does 42 and a half as a total point score? for this game how does that hit you lamb that's tricky because that's a you're saying a 23 20 game is over which in the modern nfl doesn't seem like that much and when you look at what washington has passing game wise and how our secondary hasn't been that good but then you consider their offensive line has been poor our defensive line is generally ascending weaver and simmons are consistent autry finally broke out of his slump last week then you look at their end they're really bad against the pass um, we're not going to see Burks this week with turf toes, so we're going to be really limited passing-wise, even more than we already have been. John mentioned weather's probably going to be gross. That field is the second most dangerous place in the NFL behind MetLife up in New Jersey. And that's, the, <laughs> that's the thing that scares me the most about this game. I just want to get out of this game healthy, especially with how bad we've already been hurt. But 42 and a half, I feel like I would go under under again just because they had a couple, Washington had a couple of good games to start an offense, but one of those was the Lions, who are by far the worst defense. After that, they haven't looked good. The offensive line's been really bad. Wentz is, Wentz is Wentz. They're going to be missing Dotson, one of their three good receiving options. And then for us, no Burks. Our inconsistency scoring-wise, I mean, you add in the rain. I think I actually predicted the score right down to it. It was I said 24-17, which it was. I'll give this 20-17. to 17. I don't know who wins. Oh, Hopefully us, but I'll say, all right, 20-17, <laughs> I think we win, just because I can't trust Carson wins. But it's going to be really gross, <laughs> and we're probably going to get at least one injury scare because... Dan Snyder is a joke. That's a good segue, Reed. How does this game (laughs) hit you in general? I mean, this one's always a fun one, just because I get to call up my old buddies, and we get to trash talk a little bit, which is always fun, but... 
we're getting pretty close to the end of Carson Wentz's leash here. I think he's not done great, especially the last two games. This is a get-right game for him. He needs this. Yeah, I'm kind of with Landon. You never know what you're going to get out of him. That's a that's a little worrisome because he's got the he's got weapons for sure. Yeah, put in Sam Howell. Let, let's see what this young guy has because he can't be worse than Wentz. Might as well. Wentz is not a long term deal. I think that's happening, but I think if Howell were ready at all, I think we'd have some indication of that. Uh, Wentz takes a lot of flack, but it's not like he's playing on some amazing team or anything. But I do agree with Reed and Landon that this is an absolutely seminal game for them this oh, week. Then ask me how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Landon, let's talk injuries. You're really good at predicting these, both teams. Uh, this is this team definitely, and I'm going to have John talk about that. They have not had good luck with injuries, uh, the Washington football team, and at some point it's beyond luck. But just tell us about your gut on who we're going to see Sunday. So looking at the Titans, Burks, we won't see him. He had to get carted off the field on Sunday. Turf toe. Don't want to risk it, especially because we're about to hit the bye. And even though it'll be tough without him, this game is very winnable and it's so early we don't need him. Dupree, I'm leaning towards a lot of this is contextualized with we have a bye next week, which is really, really big for us. Dupree, I don't think we'll see play because he came out on Sunday with that same hip injury that knocked him out, I want to say, against the Raiders. Cunningham, I think after what we saw last week with Cole and Schobert, I think he'll sit on the shelf. Same thing with the bye week. After that, we should be good to go. I th- Amani Hooker is still in concussion protocol, but it's looking like he'll clear it by then, which will be huge for not letting a tight end run all over us. So it will be down, I think, Burks, Cunningham, Dupree. But thankfully, Washington isn't that great, so it's not the end of the world. Plus, we just saw that we can win without them. And then for Washington, their starting center, Chase Ruler, is out. He's on IR, I believe, so that they're on their backup. Chase Young is still on the pup list, so we won't see him, thankfully. And then Jahan Dotson has a hamstring. I want to say it's just a strain. He's pretty much ruled out. Rivera said he'll probably miss one to two weeks. It happened on Sunday, so this is week one, our game. So they'll be missing Dotson, and that should be about it for injury report for them so they're pretty much where they're at they did they did just get cameron curl back in these past two games and their defense has looked a lot better that's big for them yeah but no chase young no Jahan dotson no Traylon burks no bud dupree so plenty of big names missing on both sides big fellow washington football team has had the injury bug chase young is their best player he's out what do you make of when teams just can't get or stay healthy and they could really take advantage of our defensive backfield if they were going to have like Jahan Dotson as a rookie is a really good player he's not going to be there when you can't suit up it doesn't matter but I've started to question our own medical staff and you know kind of like the commanders when when it's more than a few it's it's more than a coincidence like maybe they don't have the best medical staff out there I mean we've seen lots of issues before their medical staff was when Alex Smith got sepsis, right? That was the same staff? I believe so. Well, it's the same team that, like you said, with Alex Smith, uh, with Trent Williams, they misdiagnosed a cancerous lump as non-cancerous or like non-threatening, which mm-hmm. he sued him over. So just when in doubt, assume everything about Washington is a complete joke. Yeah, I mean, for real. And, and that's kind of how I feel with it, too. And, you know, I question our own medical staff at times. I mean, we have a lot of guys hurt with these little stupid nagging injuries like Bud Dupree that thing that drives me crazy because aggra- I think he aggravated it in Buffalo and it's been a problem ever since he's played like six snaps a game and it's kind of just ridiculous for what we paid for him to come here as a free agent but yeah I mean when you get all these people like literally the only person that is uh, I guess an anomaly is Brian Robinson I mean the guy got shot a couple times in the leg and he has been cleared to return to practice so either they're doing something right or 
or he's getting his own medical attention elsewhere. But yeah, I, I mean, they don't do a very good job of keeping their players healthy and keeping them on the field. And I don't think we do a good job either, especially as of late. I mean, we've got Traylon Burks and we've got, I mean, all these injuries are things that happen on the field. But I also think it's just the rehab. Like Taylor Luan, which I'm, we'll talk about in a little bit, but he posted today that his torn ACL on the right leg from last year or the year before from 2020 was actually not repaired correctly. And they found that when he went in to get his new ACL tear repaired. And I just think that's kind of ridiculous. And maybe in today's day and age, they're trying to get players back as soon as possible, maybe cutting corners. There are a lot of questions with the medical staff in general. These doctors get paid a ton of money especially uh, team doctors and team surgeons, all that kind of stuff that like they shouldn't be cutting corners. I mean, you look all the way back to Terod Taylor uh, with the Chargers, you know, having his lung punctured when he was going to get an injection for his ribs. I think it's just questionable all around, but they don't do a great job of keeping their players healthy and on the field. You bring up Taylor Lewan. Quick question for you. Are the Titans better or worse without Taylor Lewan? You know, I've always been in the corner supporting Taylor Luan. You know, a first-round draft pick. I want to stay loyal to that. And there was a time where he was the best left tackle in the league, or at least close to, and he got rewarded as such. But he has not provided that level of play for a while. He is constantly being injured. I don't know if called it a conspiracy theory, but I've talked about it a whole bunch of times. Us not playing our starters in the preseason hurts us when it gets to games like now. Our players are not ready to play games. And they still aren't. Some of them are getting there, but for the majority of the players are not ready yet. And I think Taylor was always one of those casualties. This is a guy who never had serious injuries until the the ACL in 20. So unfortunately, it's just, it's taken punches. And at this point, I don't, I don't, I don't think we are better with him. I think he has to rehab and really make some serious decisions on if he wants to keep playing again, if he... If he plays with us, I'm sure if he wants to play with us, he's going to have to look at some, have some discussions on restructuring his contact, a contract. Landon, but, I'm going to guess you feel like me and you think um, <laughs> that Taylor Lewan would certainly be better than what we have, although he's super frustrating because daily, no offense to him, he was on the team mm-hmm. for like two weeks before this got started or less. But he is rated out as one of the worst left tackles in this league, and we have been not good on that left side at all. Our interior has done pretty well on our offensive line considering, but our, our tackles have not been good. And you can understand why. So, although I, everyone knows I'm not a huge Lawan fan, we, we certainly would be better with him. And then I'll, so I want one of you guys to answer Landon, and then maybe read. Are we going to see him? I, I think regardless, we weren't going to see Lawan after this year. Uh, his guaranteed money is up, so I think this is it for him. I personally think he'll be a Bengal or a Bill or something next year. We were talking pre-show, and in Big Fellow, you can tell me, but you don't think that that he's going to play for anybody for the Titans because he said he wouldn't. But I think certainly at 31 years old, he's going to try to make some more money. Answer is super is super obvious. We're a lot worse without Lawan, even with his injury issues and him missing games, throwing a wrench in the chemistry and how much money he's making. He is still much, much, much better than anyone we can put at left tackle. He would be invaluable next to Brewer, just shaping up that left side. Now, if we, and I agree, he's done with us. He's gone. Now you, I would say that because we would be better long term with the money we would be paying him invested elsewhere. We can just, 
Like he makes 15, 16 million, which is the going rate for an above average left tackle. We can just buy an above average left tackle in the market if we want to and just replace along with a better younger guy. We uh, we love our cap space. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Just, we've talked so much about how weird it is we get right cap now. space and don't use it in the season. I'm glad you mentioned that, Reed. I think we are currently better without Luan. But I do agree that he is probably the best option for us at left tackle. I say we're better without him because, you know, we we know the guys that are going to replace him. And they're typically not going to have the same injury history. Like, we're going to set the lineup and they're going to be good to play. They may take their lumps, but we can probably count on them to play a full game as opposed to Luan, where... He might give you a quarter. He might give you two quarters, but that's about or he it. He might get hurt in the pregame warmups. <laughs> exactly, he could. Yeah. So, um, I agree. He's our best left tackle candidate on the roster, but I think with his injury history and his lack of, you know, top level play, he's taking lumps with a younger guy is our best bet right now. But I agree, he's going to be gone next year. But I do think. I mean, he said he wants to play for the Titans, and usually, I think. He's what in his eighth year this year? I mean, that's a long time with one team. I sometimes I want to take him at his word. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going on here locally. He's got his busting with the boys podcast. He's Predators fans love him because he drinks beer out of a catfish. I don't really see him playing elsewhere. He should take next year off to rehab his his legs because I mean back to back we're well, not back to back but 2021 he did not look good because generally the first year back from an ACL tear you're still not 100% just take a year off because I mean you just look look at his injury history his level of play like I'm sure a team out there will, might give him like five six million dollars and he'd come and he'd go there right away like if he's only getting offered like vet minimums like a couple like one two million at that point with him being a first-round pick, getting that big contract extension. If he wants to keep playing, he should just take a year off to rehab and get healthy. Because offensive tackle... I think you, he is. I can't you can take this a year. year. This is the year he'll have off to get healthy. I think because he's... He well, no, to get like... for two weeks. Well, to get a year removed... Yeah. ...from being a year removed from your ACL tear. So, like, next year will be a year from his ACL and the surgery... And then the year after, he would be fully 100%. Because unless you're Adrian Peterson, almost no one comes back from an ACL tear and looks as good as they were right before. Most teams in the NFL have a bad offensive line. Somebody's going to talk themselves into him and give him a seemingly good contract that'll just be one year guaranteed. He'll go there and he'll be back here and 12 months after that doing busting with the boys and bothering everybody. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he'll be back, but he will go because you got to think about the offseason. Somebody will talk themselves into just the brand, just the name. Uh, we'll see him, but not for long. And I bet it'll be one of these good AFC teams up the road that have a bad offensive line. The Bills would qualify, and um, although they've improved, everybody could use a tackle. But I don't know that he'll be going from Nashville long, but I think he'll be playing elsewhere for sure in 2023. Big fellow mentioned Brian Robinson. What a weird story. It, just in the, it was carjacked and shot. Thank God he didn't. It wasn't worse. Um, how did that hit you as just such a such a strange story as a as a DC area native? And you obviously were growing up when the Sean Taylor stuff happened. That's got to be like literally traumatic for folks in that area. That the association of that kind of out of nowhere crime could happen anytime up there. Yeah, it's it's super scary. I mean, it feels like there is just this gray cloud that kind of hangs over DC, if you will. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Sean Taylor. You think about Brian Robinson, and then you think about just, I mean, all their quarterback injuries. I mean, RG3 to Alex Smith. (laughs) 
uh, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like these guys, it's just it's a it's a tough spot, and I think uh, I think it, I think it hits hard. Uh, it feels like here we go again every single time that something like this happens up there. I'm a big scary Terry fan, uh, Terry McLaurin. I wish he was on a better team. Uh, they didn't trade him. I, I'm not going to get into it. He's there, A.J. Brown. Maybe not physically, but just – and he's got so much heart in. It makes you wonder how good he'd be on a really good team. But anyway, uh, Scary Terry is going to be – we'll be playing him. I'm terrified of him against our defensive backs. Um, I think Chris Hamill's really good too, and I'm glad – well, I'm not glad Dodson's hurt, but I'm glad he's not playing. What's your feel for how McLaurin might do against our uh, defensive backs Sunday? He, he He's terrifying to me too. Him and – Samuel, I'm, yeah, like you said it, obviously not, like, you, you, you never like to see guys sit out, but uh, not having to face Dotson uh, is going to make our lives a little bit easier this weekend. Watching the Colts the second half, it just felt like if they wanted 12 yards, like, it was easy. No problem. That worries me a little bit, because Scary Terry is is seriously scary. He's super quick. He's got unbelievable hands. Uh, he's a great route runner. He's, he's going to be tough to catch, tough to Tough to keep up with. I think one thing last week that I didn't love either was just the the yards after catch that it felt like the Colts were getting. I yeah, hope, they were getting guys in space, and they had all sorts of room to run. I yeah, like that and either. and they're taking hits, and they just keep going. So mm. I'm hoping we can uh, we can curb curb that a little bit with these guys. But man, if they, if they get the right play calling, we could be in trouble. We'll see. Landon, if you could pluck Scary Terry out of D.C. and put him on any team in the NFL for the rest of the season, and it would not negatively affect the Titans in any way, like even if you played for the Jags, for his benefit, where would you like to see him playing? Well, all of NFL social media web pages have already said this, but Green Bay is super obvious. Give Aaron Rodgers an elite wide receiver one, give Scary Terry an actual quarterback, and their NFC, we wouldn't see them until the Super Bowl. And even with Scary Terry, I don't think they would be at that level. But you just look at what, especially last week, what Rodgers is doing with Dubs and Lazard and rookie Christian Watson. Then you just think about what Scary Terry is doing with Heineke and Haskins and Kyle Allen and now Wentz and all these bums. And you just think about what if these two good players or two great players got to play together? I think they would go to the Super Bowl, hands down, if uh, both those guys stayed healthy, if they plucked him from there and he went to Green Bay, without a doubt. They'd be the favorite to go gotta, to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I got a different one. How about the Ravens? I mean, oh, imagine yeah. imagine Lamar being able to use Scary Terry and Mark Andrews. I mean, they're one of the top passing offenses in the league this year. If well, they had a talent us. like that, I, yeah, we were saying in well a bubble. With their offense, too, weirdly, okay. because he doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need 12 targets. And right. That's a really good one, too. Yeah, he can, he can do a lot of pun intended scary things. I mean, there are, there are quite a few teams and. I think Green Bay is a good one. You can look at maybe the Rams, uh, you know, a compliment to Cooper Cup, like they hoped Allen Robinson was going to be, and he's not. He would That would be interesting there. The moral Man. of this discussion is Terry McLaurin is awesome. Sadly, he's in football hell in Washington. <laughs> but at least, he got, at least he got the bag. At least well, he, he did get say, the bag. Maybe yeah, on the field he's him. in football, but not not at home where he uh, makes $20 million a year now. Good for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that it's uh, Carson Wentz throwing in the ball on, <laughs> on Sunday. So. Landon, we used to have a segment where we'd say, who Landon's going to tell us about the player on the other team that you haven't heard of but is really good. That player is Cameron Curl, who you mentioned earlier is, is finally back and healthy. The really good safety for the Washington football team, and I know you love that position. What will we look for? What does he do particularly well? Think of him as, I want to say like hybrid strong safety because those, like strong safety doesn't really exist, but more of a general defensive back role. He plays a lot more up close to line scrimmage. He lines up 
over the slot, sometimes on tight ends, sometimes on corners. Sometimes he's more in the box as a pseudo linebacker, but he's been really consistent his three years as a seventh round pick. Like, I, like we said earlier, he was injured. He came back. Their defense has looked a lot better, unfortunately, or well, fortunately for us, as the offense decided to plummet off a cliff. He's just a really versatile matchup piece, but interestingly for us, at least in the passing game, his effect is kind of diluted, I guess, in one-on-one situations just because with Burks out, we just don't really have any weapons for him to go and cover because he's not like your rangy free safety type that flies all over the field and just shrinks passing windows. He's good at that in the short and intermediate area, which we'll be having to do a lot, but our options are just so limited that his ability to impact the game on that side is similarly limited just because Camlin Curl on Austin Hooper or Jeff Swain or Nick Westbrook or Kyle Phillips is like, yeah, he's doing really well and he's locking them up, but we weren't really going to be using those guys to begin with. He's a pretty solid run defender as well, but his best attribute is definitely his coverage and just that ability to be just kind of a hybrid defensive back. And if we had the time, I would want to just talk about Sam Cosme, the right tackle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cosme, it's funny you say that. There's only about two really good players on each side of the ball for Washington considering their injuries of guys we'll see. Cosme is one of those. They're right tackle. We have three good interior linemen. They've graded out really well so far anyway, and our tackles are really struggling. And they have two good tackles and a really bad interior offensive line. So if we were to put these teams together, they'd have a pretty good offensive line. But uh, feel free to talk about Cosme because that's a guy, you know, like to your point of like who – is really good that the average Titans fan is going to be like, wait, who is that? He's awesome. Because we all know about Chase Young if he were playing. Everybody knows about Scary Terry. We'll start with you, big fella. What positional matchup is is biggest for you? Um, I'll take that back. I'll, I'll go first briefly. And it was alluded to, uh, Reed said, we don't have any weapons really anyway. And tra- Traylon Burks is flashed and he's not going to play. I can't feel really good about this game. I don't care who we're playing, especially for going on the road when how are we going to push the envelope how are we going to push things Landon said oh I mean is Austin Hooper going to push things that's my biggest worry the, the positional thing is our receivers and maybe the lack of explosion there against it doesn't matter who their their DBs are just our lack of explosion uh, at the perimeter big fella what's your biggest positional like if this game comes down to one possession what's the matchup that's going to maybe win or lose this game for the Titans clearly it's Cody Hollister dude's all pro <laughs> This is not a joke. This is not a time for jokes, my fellow. This is pretty serious stuff. You love it. Five or two and two. You know, I think that questionable offensive line versus Big Jeff and Danico Autry is something that we're going to exploit. And Cosme is going to play, but he's questionable because he had surgery on his on a thumb. I know playing offensive line, especially tackle, you know, your hands <laughs> are arguably your most important assets. And if you're going to do that first punch, I don't know, it doesn't say which thumb he had surgery on, but if you're punching and it's that forward hand, you know, that could cause some problems and he's definitely going to be in pain. I think our defensive line against that offensive line is something definitely to exploit. And yeah, I mean, but as far as head scratchers, I'm also worried about our wide receiver depth. And for the love of God, please just put uh, put um, Josh Gordon out there. Let him do something. What's the worst that can happen? Like, I, I want to see him running some go routes. And I want to see Tanny just chuck it. And let's just, it's a scratch off ticket. Like, if we're down down to our the bottom of the barrel, let's just see what we got. Because otherwise, why just keep, you know, 
jostling him around. I think this is his land. You you might have to fact check me on this. This would be his third time activated the active roster. So then we'd have to keep him active. Is that right? Well, he played Buffalo Raider. I feel yeah, like Buffalo it's already Vegas. Been through, no? Buffalo yeah. Vegas, and then if we do it, it then it'd be this Sunday. Oh, he didn't play he, last week. No, he wasn't activated last okay. week. And I think it's yeah. because then we'd have to make him active, right, for the season. Yeah, I'm, I believe that's the rule, and that's really and that's really weird. But at the same time, I mean, we threw so little, like we wouldn't have used him anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly they had better options than Cody Hollister. Yeah. I didn't realize that Cosme had gotten surgery on his thumb and was listed as questionable. Because we're taping this, it's about 9 p.m. Central Time Wednesday night. Washington has still not put out the injury report because they are a poverty franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to get everything off of ESPN. I'm looking at it now. And, you know, right as of yesterday, Cosme was questionable with that surgery on his injured thumb. Brian Robinson has officially been labeled, has been ruled out per this report. But I think we've seen Washington monkey with their injury reports, you know, as we get later into the week. So I'm not take, I take this with a grain of salt. Well, I don't think you can do. You, I don't think you can say someone is out and then bring them up from out. If, if they don't put it out, is ESPN official? Like, I'd like to think so, oh, but sure. I, I guess not then, because you look at the Commanders website and there's nothing on the injury report right now. <laughs> no, they have ours on there, but but not even theirs. But yeah, per ESPN, Charles Leno Jr. is questionable. Linebacker David Mayo questionable. Dotson questionable. Curtis Samuel questionable. Brian Robinson out. Cosme is questionable. And then the usual suspects that we talked about earlier. I'm with you, big fella. As far as uh, positional matchup goes, I think uh, I think it's our D line. Their ability to force some fumbles last week was huge. Uh, we got that big man interception. Which was <laughs> yes. amazing. You love to see that. And uh hey, Carson Wentz is uh the most sacked quarterback in the league so far, so let's go get him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And also one thing we didn't talk about that I'm kinda curious to see if he'll play, but Monty Rice was activated back to or, or cleared to practice and activated off of the pub list. So he might get in some action this weekend and we can finally see what he's got to offer. He looked good in limited action last year, so that might be bolster what we might consider now a strength. And Zach Cunningham, some more time to rest if we can look competent out there with Dylan Cole, Monty Rice, and David Long. I don't think we'll see Rice because he's he's activated from Pepper. He was cleared to return, so he has 21-day window to be up to the active roster. It's one game, then the bye, and then the end of the 21-day window would be our first game out of the bye, which is at home against Indy. So I think a lot of the guys that are on the fringe or are coming back from IR, like Chance Campbell, McMath, Rice, all these guys, we're not going to see them until after the bye because... This game, with it also being an NFC game, just doesn't really matter. Like, it matters, but does it matter, matter for right. the division race? And yep. with how banged up we are, just err on the side of caution. And when We can beat Washington without these guys anyway. Agree. And then for me, I'm interested in if we can see a more consistent Christian Fulton like we did last week. Because through the first two games, he was awful. Then... Last past two weeks, he's been pretty. He's been pretty good. Part of that was week three. The Raiders just beat up on Terrence Mitchell. But last week, I mean, I didn't really see anything out of Fulham. Like Michael Pittman got locked up. It was just Matt Ryan threw a million times a game. We forgot to cover tight ends again. I mean, Alec Pierce had a big catch over Farley because Farley is still like for a guy for a guy that has such great straight line speed. He has such slow deceleration and so frustrating. But that's all I'll say about Farley. If Fulton can do a good enough job on Scary Terry, because 
The main issue with our defense right now is explosive plays. We are one of the worst in the NFL. We've given up five 40-yard plays already, which I think is pretty much only worse than the Lions who have the worst defense in NFL history by a mile. So we've been really bad on that end. Terry McLaurin is a dangerous deep threat. Carson Wentz, I mean, he's inaccurate, but he will attempt those deep shots in the McLaurin's wide open. It's hard to miss those. But other than that, I mean, our run defense has started to shore up now that we're getting guys back and getting into the groove. Their running game has been really bad. If they have to put the game in Carson Wentz's shoulders, good luck with that. Big fella, what stands out to you NFL Week 5? There are a couple interesting matchups. You know, most of them are blah, but you're looking at two pretty unremarkable three and one teams with the Giants and the Packers. I think that's kind of interesting. And they're in London. So that always has appeal because we can wake up to football. So I think that'll be an interesting game for us. Divisionally, we've got Houston and Jacksonville, which, you know, the who farted bowl. Um, Jacksonville is pretty all right this year. So we can't. They are. Um, They had an opportunity to do some big things in Philly and they couldn't get it done. Not, not saying that's bad on them because Philly is a good team, which is another, you know, another game that I, I'm interested in watching because we've talked about it for years about teams that have to travel a lot. And when you take the Eagles who have to travel to Arizona, you know, those West trips, they're, they're brutal. It, it almost feels like this is a setup game. The, you know, the last unbeaten team stumbles into the desert and I can see Arizona just pulling a rabbit out of the hat, weirdly enough. I hope not, because I enjoy the Eagles. You know, I, I, AJ Brown was saying some weird stuff this week, so I always believe in karma, and maybe that that comes around and bites him. But I want to see him do well. I want to see the Eagles do well, even if it hurts. Um, but those are kind of what I'm looking at this week. Lena, what stands out for you this week? So at noon, it's Chargers at Browns, both two and two. Chargers are underwhelming mainly because of injury, which surprise, surprise, the Chargers. An exciting, potentially playoff team of theirs gets ruined by injury super early. And then the Browns are 2-2. Two two. I haven't been that impressed, even though they've been working well with Brissett. I mean, they lost to the Falcons last week, and Mario completed nine passes. Like, in the, la- in the second half, Arthur Smith just kind of stopped throwing the ball, and he still beat the Browns. So, two, two and two teams... And what we know is going to be a really tight wild card race in the AFC. Both of them probably very little chance at winning their division. Chargers already lost game to the Chiefs. They have to play them again. And then the AFC North, the Ravens look really good if they could figure out how to close the game. The Bengals are starting to trend back up. So you look at this game. And especially with it being AFC, there's tiebreaker implications. Which kind of meh team, for different reasons, can kind of pull ahead a little bit? Lynn, I don't know if you have it pulled up. I'm pulling it up now. What's the over on that Bengals-Ravens game? That game stood out to me, but at the same time, it's also Sunday Night Football. I just want to be, oh, well, what stands out to me is the Sunday Night Football game between two division rivals that hate each other. (laughs) 48 and a half. Would you take it? Or are you saying which way I would take it? Yeah, would you take the over or the under? I would Yeah, I would take the over. I I think I would, too. I think I'd probably take the over. And that does feel a little risky. I mean... The Ravens' offense has been spectacular. The Bengals' defense, I think, is kind of being propped up by playing some bad teams. And Agree. Baltimore's defense, can't, like I just said, can't close a game. Haven't been good through the air. You think Burrow and Chase and Higgins and all these guys, even with that offensive line struggling. It should be a really fun game. It'll be a fun Sunday night game to watch. And then there was one other game that I was interested in that I'm trying to remember which one it was. Because like you said, this slate this week is kind of bleh. I'm sure it'll turn out to be some good games, but like on paper, it's like just a bunch of eh. 
or like med teams gonna... that aren't like Seahawks, Saints. It's not Bleb, but it's like. What about yeah, your Lions? I thought you were going to pick them. Oh, yeah. I want to say them just if they give up like 30 points in New England to Bailey Zappi <laughs> or crippled Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would feel pre- I'd feel pretty rough about them. But I mean, at the very least, they'll make for good red zone content because I mean they're scoring thirty five points and they're letting up thirty five points. So as someone who isn't a primary fan of them, I don't mind it. It does hurt watching them lose, but it's not the same as being an actual Lions fan. No, they're like Jameis Winston as a team. Regardless <laughs> what happens, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I would agree. That I, and I mean, I just I would watch a Lions game just for. Dan the man Campbell roaming the sidelines. I mean, he's awesome. Ooh, we have a early contender for sicko game of the year, which is 49ers at Panthers. How being to a bloody pulp will the Panthers be by the time the 49ers <laughs> defense is done? Yeah, I mean, that might be the game. That might be the, we might call that the Matt Rule goodbye game if they get smoked and embarrassed. And we've talked, we've, we've texted about that throughout the week and he could be the first one out. I guess at he this really point, should be. It, it, he should. And, as a temple guy, I, I hate it for him, but he hasn't done it. I, and I mean, granted, he, he hasn't had a full deck of cards to, to play, but you got to have some resiliency and they haven't shown it at all. They don't look competitive and they still have a lot of decent pieces on that, on that team. And that's, that's a sign of, you know, when things change, when you don't look competitive in the National Football League, your, your time's up. Yeah. The defense has been really good. It's just they're on the field all the time. So their overall stats look bad. Yeah. I feel bad for them because like the whole team just kind of has that air like they've given up, like you said. Like mm-hmm. Rule has lost the locker room. The offense is a total joke. The defense well, and, is and, doing and its CMs. best to make them respectable, but it's like they're just being the offense is just spinning in their face by going three and out or having another turnover. Yeah, and it sucks because McCaffrey looks to be relatively back. I mean, he's turning in some decent performances, but no, nothing else. Like it, it just you know it feels empty. Yeah, I had a little hope for Baker coming into this year. They say he could <laughs> yeah. kind of regain that form. I don't know if those two good years were just a fluke and just kind of high variance, or if that shoulder injury really just messed up him long term. But he's been like of all the guys that actually have started multiple games he's been the worst he's what well, he's been the worst quarterback this year right him or davis mills so of like basically guy, probably mills yeah of like guys that have started every game so not like backups that have had to play a game not fields yeah i mean those guys are probably at the bottom and when like, fields probably the worst just because they do so like he has 32 completions on the year <laughs> yeah they don't throw the ball yeah they have no hands <laughs> Yeah, and he's not, it's not like he's running like Lamar Jackson's where it's like, well, he's rushing for 100 yards, so it's kind of okay. So yeah, I get, well, I guess Fields is the worst, and then Mayfield is in contention for a second, which was either way, when the worst guy is a guy that's completing eight passes a game for like 100 yards, being second worst is still being really awful. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much, they're hoping they bottom out so they can get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't wait to have that conversation later. You guys know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, these quarterbacks, man, it's going to be a fun one. Reed, it sounds like you might go to the Titans commanders game this weekend. But otherwise, what's on your radar outside of the Titans game for week five? Yeah, there's a chance we're flying home to D.C. Sunday morning. So we'll see if uh, see if we can make it to that hallowed ground that is FedEx Field. By one o'clock. But, Reed uh, says we. He has this lovely Pomeranian that he will not travel anywhere without. So good luck it. with you. That's it. That's it. Let's see. Uh, I think you guys hit on the big games. That Sunday night one's going to be a lot of fun. Here's a storyline for you. Uh, you mentioned it at the beginning. I am uh, Malik Willis's number one fan. And Kenny Pickett's getting started. 
Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, the guy hasn't thrown an incompletion yet. We're going to see how it goes. Yeah, only a couple of picks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And that performance is really overblown because one was a Hail Mary. One of them was Chase Claypool being incredibly soft on a 5-9 cornerback and just mistiming a jump ball really badly. And then the second one, like so like the first one was Claypool. The second one was, it was a bad decision, but it was also just a really good play by the defensive back. And their offense looks so much better that everyone I know is just excited to see what they have. I mean, they have to go to Buffalo, or they play Buffalo, and that's super scary for a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, I mean... But, I mean, I think... Yeah, well, Lane, I think this is probably the best time for a rookie quarterback to play Buffalo, right? I mean, they're down Jordan oh, yeah, well, Poyer, yeah. Micah Hyde. Well, no, Poyer uh, played last week. He's back. Right, but he's he's a DNP because he got hurt um, in, got this, hurt in this past game. Yeah, he got hurt this last game. Oh. And it's saying he's a DNP with ribs. Like, even when they're banged up against Miami, and that was also when Tua got concussed the first time, they've shown that they, like, who's their head coach? I forgot his name. Sean oh, McDermott. McDermott. Yeah, McDermott. Coaches a really solid defense. His offensive line is still bad, but at the very least, just from what I kind of read on what I've been reading, their offense looked a lot more exciting and they were actually just pushing the ball down the field. Actually, yeah. like his first passing attempt, they were just like F it and had him throw 40 yards down the field. Right, and I think if you're going to play Buffalo, that's what you kind of want to do. Yeah, and if you've got a bad offensive line, your defense is kind of whatever without TJ Watt. you got a rookie quarterback, you have all these weapons. Just go out slinging it. Like, you might have these three interception games, but at the very least, like, with a full week of reps, getting that chemistry going, getting that comfortable, comfortableness. Like, that can be exciting. I mean, Pickens had 100 yards after doing nothing all year. Yeah. Just Pickett will actually throw the ball to him. Agree. I'd say just let it rip. Well, fellas, I don't know about you guys, but I am pumped for Sunday because, you know, we get another another weekend of football and watching our boys do it and should result in a win. Everybody out there who listens, please Go ahead and share us with your friends, your family. I don't care if you listen to it a hundred times, but check us out, share us. We really love getting the attention. We love, uh, you know, in our groups specifically that talk about our podcast. It's something we're really proud of and we're really excited about this team. So share us and we'll catch you next week. And for me, for Big Fella, tighten up. Thanks for coming on, Reed. Tighten up. Tighten up. Thanks, fellas. Tighten up.